We're back. We're back again. Jack's in a good mood, of course. I'm glad. It would have been pretty somber if you got swept, Jack. Yeah, no one wanted to see the brooms uh, get brought out. Certainly, certainly not myself. Definitely not the fans. Um, so far, I think we've given the people what they want, man. We were able to tie it up 2 2. Uh, got two games that we're breaking down this episode, this podcast. Going to be joined by AJ. Um, who else? So, um, yeah, this is a fun one. You ready for this, Tom? I'm so ready for this, Jack. Um, I'm glad you guys nodded up. You definitely did the fans a solid. Uh, what an electric couple of games it's been. And I'm so excited for Game 5 coming up on Friday. But before that, we're going to break down Games 3 and 4 today. So without further ado, this is the Pipe It Up podcast and cue the intro. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pipe It Up podcast, the official podcast of MLW Wiffle Ball, and your 2023 World Series is now tied. Give it up for Jack Agner and the Magic, who have rallied Whew. when we least expected it, and have yeah. knotted this series up at two games apiece. Jack, gotta be feeling pretty good right now. Um, You know, I guess the, the typical saying would be the job's not finished, Um, but I would be lying to you if I, I didn't feel somewhat accomplished at this point. You know, um, I knew that we were, like I talked about on the, on the last podcast, you know, competitive in the first two games. I felt like uh, games three and four in a lot of ways were, um, you know, really close like games one and two just, just kind of flip-flopped who was able to get the edge there. So, um, happy to, happy to knot it up, but yeah, of course job's not finished yet. We did our, our job up until this point to force it to a game five. Um, but we still got, we still got at least three innings to go. Yeah. I, uh, I'll be honest with you. I, I had high hopes for the magic coming into this series. Of course, I wanted you guys to do well. And I thought you had some talent to at least make this like a very competitive series. Um, I was on record saying that any team in the NL would, you know, handle anybody in the AL, whether it's the Diamondbacks, the Mallards, or the Eagles in that pre-show we did. Mm -hmm. I was like, any of these three teams, I think, take down anyone over there. And for a second there, at about, you know, quarter to 11 in the morning, I was like, I'm a genius. (laughs) (laughs) Eagles are just, they're rolling right now. Not that the games were blowouts, but it was just lining up how I thought it would. And then all of a sudden, you guys take care of business in game three, in uh, in comfortable fashion, you had the big home run, and then surge in game four and win a game that you probably should have won by more. And we'll get into why in a second. But regardless, you walk it off absolutely electric. One of my favorite moments of the year thus far, and I'm just so happy for all the fans and attendance um, that stuck it out. The Magic fans, because I think there was a lot of Magic fans there, and they were dying to see something great after your home run. And I know a lot of them wanted to see a game five. So it was so, so epic, just that moment. And it felt really surreal, to be honest. You know, it, the the win in game three was big for a couple of reasons. Obviously, because it, it still gave us life. Um, it also extended the event um, because I think both teams, um, you know, I don't, I don't think the Eagles would have been necessarily disappointed with a sweep, but we did do a lot to plan the event and... Um, all the people who traveled a long way to come to the event, I think wanted to, you know, they wanted to get their money's worth and they wanted to see a good series and a good show and a sweep probably just, you know, 
it wouldn't have been the ideal outcome, I would say, from an entertainment standpoint. Uh, that being said, I think you could just feel it in the in the crowd in the video how long the day was starting to to drag on a little bit. The, but the crowd they they did not uh, they did not wane. They were still, especially those Magic fans. Man, they were hungry for us um, to give them something to cheer about, and uh, yeah, we were able to do so. Yeah, I appreciate everyone sticking it out through the long day, which we now know is going to five games. So the Even longest longer. day we could have possibly had. And uh, yeah, you said it, Jack Best. I think from an entertainment standpoint, for the sake of our fans, for the sake of us creating content, of course it's more fun to have it go to a winner-take-all game five. Of course we want to see that happen. Um, things don't always go to plan. You know, we were so excited about SoFi last year and a little bit bummed that the D-backs ended up sweeping. Thrilled mm-hmm. for them, like they dominated, and it was uh, a legacy type performance, you know, for Jimmy Norp and company. But in terms of creating awesome, exciting videos, when it's a sweep and the last game is whatever it was, thirteen to two, you know, it's not uh, the most exciting way for your season to come to a close, unless you're like a D back diehard fan. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, I uh, I mentioned this. We're gonna time travel in this podcast, but um, I was thinking to myself, if this game goes to extras. The Eagles better find a way to win it in four because we're going to be like so tight on time for game five if they don't. So I was like, Magic, if you're going to win, um, win now. You know what I mean? And you guys did it. So it was like perfect. But let's uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. I know the AJ thing is so exciting to talk about, and we're going to actually interview AJ uh, in a few moments here. But Jack and I are going to break down the games as we have been this entire postseason. So, Mr. Agner, let's get into game three. Yeah. We have... Dallas Allen versus RJ Walgate back to the aces on the bump. And as the pipe it up listeners have been hearing more and more about this postseason, brand new ball. And the pitchers didn't seem to like that first ball in game one and two games one and two. I mean, if you guys didn't, didn't believe me uh, based on games one and two in terms of what you were seeing in the video from the pitchers, I think you should believe me now after game three, just looking at what RJ did. I mean, he was throwing completely different pitches. He still was mixing in that that slider, but it wasn't what he was, um, you know, going with most often. He he had that slide drop working a lot more, um, and he just looked a lot more comfortable out there. You could see it in him. Um, and I think, you know, as weird as it is to say, I think a lot of that is due to just that new ball, and he just was more comfortable with the ball. He could control it better. Um, his stuff was moving more and more consistently as well. Um, and I think also if you ask Dallas, you know, even though we ended up getting the better of him in, in game three, I think he would also agree that that ball was much better. I think we had just seen him a little bit more that, you know, up until that point. And um, the Eagles really hadn't seen, I would say, that version of RJ. You know what I mean? They saw him a little bit in game one, but he didn't really have his best stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked about on last week's show how games one and two was a combined 28 walks, I think the number was. Well, game three, we started off in the first inning, both squads, one, two, three, one, two, three, six strikeouts, three for Dallas, three for RJ. So pitchers looked much more comfortable here to begin game three. Um, into the second now, this is when you guys started to get the magic going once again. Uh, bottom walked. Miller gets a knock, and then AJ steps up again after that home run in game two. It's a shot on the line, scores Trevor, one nothing early magic lead. 
Dallas looks a little frustrated, and then you, Jack, came up and capitalized. Three-run bomb. Bangerang. Bangerang. Oh, How man. How did the Bangerang thing even start? I love it. I love it so much. That's a, Is that a this-year thing? The Bangerang? I think... Uh, I feel like I said it last last year, maybe once or did twice. You? I'll have to go into the archives um, a little bit. Bangerang was something that we just... Some of my buddies, it was like, it was a college thing. It was, uh, you know, in lacrosse, it was just kind of like an inside joke type thing, like before a goal or, you know, after a goal, like a, uh, uh, a deep goal from outside, you know, like a fast shot or something just like, I guess sort of similar to a home run. You know what I mean? Like it's a big explosive play. Um, Uh just that's bangerang. Like that's bangerang. Uh, (laughs) I like it. Shout out Trevor the first. Um, yeah, that was just that. That was just always a joke. It's just something funny to say. I feel like it's a proper, proper term for big home run, especially when I hit it like a hundred feet in the air somehow. Um, it's electric, dude. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you definitely it, got all of that one in terms of the contact. I mean, it wasn't hit the farthest because it was so high. Yeah, but you you got the meat of the ball. That's for sure. I was really. Uh, a lot of the times, I mean, we've seen it this year. I, I actually, I gave a premature pimp on a, just a single that I had, but a lot of the times when it comes off the bat, I'm pretty sure, you know, it's, it's, it's going over or it's at least like at the fence in this one, in the video, you kind of see me watch it a little bit longer. I, I think I put my arm up because I, I felt like it had enough, but it was really lean and like, I thought it was going to go foul and it kind of just steadied mm-hmm. out and you know, obviously was able to make it out of the yard, but, um, that was just, I think it was a similar kind of like slide drop pitch where, um, it sort of started like, I guess I would say like inside of the plate and, and broke out. Um, and if you guys watch, you know, I don't remember which game specifically, but in games one and two, I had a couple strikeouts where I swung at, the same pitches that just broke a tad more outside. You know, they look mm. like bad strikeouts on film, which I'm not saying they weren't bad strikeouts, but it was definitely a pitch that I was looking for and waiting on. And um, they were just like a little bit out of my reach in the first two games. And I think Dallas knew that I was kind of looking for those. And I think he just kind of left that one over the plate a little bit too much. It was still on the outside of the plate. Like if you watch the video, but um, I think he just left it a little bit, a little bit over the plate too much. Uh, I'll share with you a funny tidbit, Jack. I don't know if I mentioned this to you on the day of or not, or even afterwards. But so I am positioned uh, just over the shoulder of Dallas, getting that MLB style shot this inning on the camera. And I, the photographer for the event, uh, shout out to Andrew. He was standing next to me, sort of, and getting some shots, and. He asked me a question about you. I don't remember what it was. It may have been a comment about your swing. Why does this kid suck so bad? May, maybe negative. May, may have been something along <laughs> those lines. But I was like, oh, you know, it's he was a Division One lacrosse player, very good athlete, never played competitive baseball. And I was, I said a couple things. I said, number one, um, I was like, there's a lot of guys with uglier swings in this league who you'd be surprised. Uh, that'll put the bat on the ball every now and then. And I was like, Jack, especially every now and then he'll just get into one. And it'll surprise you so much. And I swear to you, the next pitch bomb. And he just looks at me with a big old smile. It was right on cue. It was hilarious. Well, there you go. But, you, uh, you must've been the, 
the turning tide for me in the series what what flipped i i must have heard you in my subconscious cheering me on but um, i was channeling you i wanted bangerang you were channeling it every once in a while a blind squirrel finds a nut and that happened to happen uh for me in that right. in that game so you just gotta keep looking yeah it was my redemption after the uh the game two debacle penguin slide that's right yeah that's right also <laughs> jack i i see it now i see the giraffe that picture oh. captured my goodness what an absolute neck <laughs> this man has i mean jack it looks like you could move mountains with that thing yeah that was uh that was a tough. I mean, it was. I guess it was a tough picture. It was uh, a cool picture. It was a like. It was tough in a in a bad and a good way. Um, I agree. It definitely showcased the length of my neck for sure. And I think now, if you guys were wondering uh, why I was saying that people have called me a giraffe my whole life after seeing that picture, it'd be it'd be really tough to deny. Um, that being said, it, do, it it doesn't look like I've missed many neck workouts. Um, I've definitely no. been keeping up on the strength there. Uh, so yeah, that was, uh, that was a interesting picture. Yeah. Well said. I think I'm going to leave it at that, Jack. I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> um, that was definitely the highlight of game three, in my opinion, outside of, I thought the, the entire, just both Dallas and RJ just looking more comfortable out there and showcasing more of their arsenal. I thought was also a highlight for the fans in attendance and for the video's sake. Um, I also want to give Dallas a shout out. He did hit a two run shot to cut the deficit in half in the bottom of the second. And that was a very clean home run. It was a, he was sitting RJ screwball the entire way. RJ put it right kind of in the sweet spot of Dallas's bat and he crushed it clean bat flip. And uh, you can tell Dallas is very, very into the series emotionally. Yeah, he, he wants it. He wants it like we all do. Um, But he is certainly letting it show. I think that was, um, you know, I don't know if we could call. I guess we could call Dallas a veteran at this point. He's been in the league. I mean, um, yeah. long enough. You know, not not as long as Dan, who you know has been around for fourteen seasons or so. But I feel like he's definitely got the the hang of things. And I think that was a little bit of a you know rookie versus veteran moment there, where um, Dallas. I mean, he knew that RJ was throwing that pitch before oh, he yeah. even stepped into the batter's box, and so he was sitting on it the whole way. Um, and I think, I think RJ learned from that too. You know what I mean? Was proud of him for not really getting phased. Um, like he's done, you know, at, at many times this year where he's kind of let up a home run or some runs here or there and doesn't really let it phase him. So, um, was proud of him for that for sure. Yeah. He bounced back. I will say Jack to wrap up the game though. Uh, you may have caught a little bit of a break. Dirty Dan got a hold of one. He yanked it foul as he does so often. That guy definitely has. We're talking cumulative distance of foul balls hit this season. Dan Schultz leads it by a mile. He yeah. leads it by a mile. If we were playing on 90-degree fields, I think Dan would have hit 350 this year with like 10 home runs. So nothing new for Dan, but it did make the video this time. And a little bit of a break there for the Magic Squad. I also wanted to comment on Grant there. Some of you guys noticed I saw in the comment section how he went down. Uh, just a cramp for Grant, which seems to be a theme here at these out-of-state events for him. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it seems to be something that he's kind of struggled with a lot through throughout sports. Just some people do, you know. It's, everybody's body is different, and um, you know, it's, it's just something that for some reason in these big series it happens to <laughs> pop up for him. But um, I gave him a little icy hot stick. It took care of it. I think it helped him a little bit. But um, he was definitely battling through some some cramps for sure. What I will say about um, Dan 
is he has mastered the uh i i would describe it as like a tennis grunt on his swings it was it was almost every swing it was it was automatic so i think in the video you could hear it on that foul ball um i mean he's giving it his all he's putting he's there's no arguing that he's putting everything out on the line yeah dan definitely has incorporated a grunt i love it but that was that in game three magic take it by a score of four to two yeah post game rj was like so locked in still kyle asked him a question about like how good it felt to get this win. He's like, no, nah, it doesn't feel good yet. It's yada, yada, yada. And I was like, oh, dang, this kid is dialed in right now, heading into the break. Got to love to see that as a manager. Yeah, you know, um, time travel pod, you guys will hear me and AJ talk about it a little bit later in the episode. But, I mean, we're, we were sitting on the sideline in that game and just, like, he's locked. You know, just looking at each other, yeah. like, we could tell that he's locked. Even after he gave up the home run to Dallas, there was no question that, like, we were – you know, not leaving him out there. Like he was staying out there. He was locked in. Um, and you know, you could just tell he was playing with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder after that game one performance. You know, he, he knew it, it, it wasn't his best stuff. And, uh, yeah, he's come back with a vengeance in these, in these past two games for sure. Yes. Hopefully he can continue that in game five. Uh, before we talk about game four, Jack. So after game three guys, Uh, We had the lunch break for the fans to go out and get concessions, uh, purchase merchandise that they'd like, enjoy some NFL football in the Delta Club there at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, socialize a little bit, and give our players a break. So uh, I happen to have some some of my personal belongings in the Magic locker room. I walk in, you guys are eating lunch, socializing a bit, and uh, kind of got quiet there for a second. And I was like, Jack, who do you think they're going to throw, Blade or Dallas? And I think at this point I had already knew that Blade was about to go. I wasn't going to tell you this, of course, out of fairness for the Eagles. Right. But I was curious what your thoughts were and what you said to me I found interesting and I agreed with. Uh, something along the lines of, well, I think they're going to go Blade based on their game plan, but if they go Dallas, that means they're scared. Yeah, um, 100%. I felt like at that point, you know, having uh, having extinguished the threat of a sweep and doing it against Dallas, it would have been really, really hard for Dan to put Dallas back out there. Um, Because not only are you thinking about that performance that just happened in game three, but you're also thinking about the potential um, game five scenario. And so if, if Dan, if Dan throws Dallas out there um, in game four, that's essentially telling me that he doesn't think that they would have a chance in game five. Um, mm-hmm. Because th- at that point, he would have to throw Dallas out there again. I mean, I-, I would find it really unlikely if he were to play Dallas and we win game four that he goes back to Dallas again after losing two mm-hmm. in a row. Um, and it-, it would be it would put him in a tough spot if they had to rely on Blade in that game five situation. So... I felt like, you know, Dan had been sticking to his guns all year um, in terms of just managing his bullpen, and it made more sense for them to go with Blade. And so, yeah, I, I was expecting them to go with Blade. Some of the other guys on our team were not so sure, but I was pretty confident that they were going to go back to him. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, your managerial instincts were correct. Moving into game four here, uh, we had Walgate versus Walker. You stick with RJ. Yeah. Um, did you guys have a discussion there at all? I never really talked to you about that. Or was it just RJ? He's locked. We what did. We did have a discussion. Um, I was kind of in the camp. Uh, you know, we, we've had a lot of, um, I would say, functional discussions where, where we might not necessarily see it the same way uh, right away. But like as a team, as a unit, we're really able to like talk through all the pros and cons of the situation. And I feel like come to good decisions, um, as a team, it's not always me, obviously like grand is super insightful. Um, Trevor as like another guy in our bullpen, also just giving honest feedback as in like, Hey, you know, like I'm feeling good now, or I'm not feeling good or, or whatever it may be. Um, the, the conversation was really, you know, hey, do we stick to our guns, right? With what's been working for us this year in switching back and forth between the arm slots of RJ and Trevor. Um, and honestly, um, I originally was thinking about it more so than a lot of the other guys on the team in terms of going back to Trevor. I knew that, um, again, like RJ in game one, Trevor just could not throw what he wanted to throw with that game one and two ball. Um, in his first outing of the series. And so I knew like that he was, a, you know, still a capable pitcher. I was also considering maybe just going to grant for a little, for a little while, you know what I'm saying? Like not even, not even a full game. It was just the thought of, Hey, maybe do we just like switch it up a little bit here um, to kind of keep them on their toes. But the more we kind of talked it through, it really made sense to keep RJ out there because he was still fresh. I mean, it was a quick, it was a quick, uh, it was a quick game three and he looked really good. So um, <clears throat> other than that home run, he, you know, he was pretty flawless. So yeah, the, the decision was ultimately not too difficult, but there was a little bit of deliberation on it. Okay, cool. Good to know. Well, uh, he continued that momentum into game four after the long, about hour and 15 minute or so break, I'd say between games three and four. Um, the magic are of course home in this game. RJ takes the hill couple walks in that first inning, but does get out of it with three strikeouts, no damage done, and the stuff still looked good. A lot of movement coming from both ways, the slider, the screwball, everything seems to be working for him. So um, bottom one, now the Eagles do go with Blade, as we mentioned, and this is where I want everyone to start with some mental tallies here, okay? And we're, what we're tallying here is magic almost home runs, all right? So we're going to start in the <laughs> bottom of the first with AJ, who hits a home run about... Probably 
between five and ten feet to the right of the right field foul pole. So yep. tally number one. Um, Jack, you get a single in that inning. Bonham walks. Grant comes to the plate, and he puts one of the warning track in that first inning. So tally number two. That's two near home runs for the Magic. Still 0-0 zero, zero on the board. Um, RJ keeps doing his thing, keeps the e- Eagles off the board at the top of the second. Now, bottom second, back to the tally board here. Bonham hits a shot up the middle, hits near the top of the fence out over the outstretched arms of Daniel Schultz. So that's now three magic balls that were nearly over the fence. Um, but Blade continues to battle, scrapes past, no damage done. Yep. So going into the third, we still have a 0-0 game. Uh, RJ dealing, 1-2-3, third inning. The game is moving fast, very fast. Complete yeah. pitcher's duel. And I got to give credit to Blade that despite all these hard-hit balls, He's just, he's battling out there. You know, he's battling. Um, so, bottom of the, you have a comment? I just wanted to say 100% what, um, just to echo your point, like credit to Blade, you know, being put in a tough spot here. Um, team calling a on him. A potential team, series clinching game. Potential series clinching game, you know, and Dan has the confidence to put the ball back into his hand and put him on the mound. Um, he, he was frustrating us for sure because we felt like we were so close, you know, obviously counting all these like near miss opportunities and he just kept battling, man. He didn't lose his confidence. Um, so credit to blade for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, blade takes the hill at this point. We're either going to look at a magic walk-off win or if the Eagles do it, they're going to have to do it in extras. So, um, back to the tally board, Jack, uh, to lead off the inning. I think it was, maybe it was this. Yeah. It might've been the lead off the inning. AJ. Hits an absolute shot to right and, again, caught at the warning track. So that's now four balls that were within probably five feet of being home runs. And I think, uh, other than the foul ball, the other three probably were gone at the Meadows. I don't, do you agree? Probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> that fence wasn't a ton deeper, but maybe just enough to where those balls would have been gone. So four balls. four In three innings, less than that, we've had four balls that were nearly home runs. All of them led to either being foul balls or outs. Um, Jack, you struck out after AJ got out. So there was two outs, nobody on, and this is where the most famous magic rally in the history of their franchises happens to this point. Uh, Bonham walks. How good is Bonham at getting on base when he needs to? Extends the inning to the top of the order. Yeah, That'll man. be so overlooked in this game. I be so overlooked. Yeah, I saw uh, uh, many comments in Game Four, obviously about AJ and his home run. But the I would say the next most mentioned name I've seen is Trevor, and a lot of people have been giving him love in the comments for turning over the lineup and just getting it back to Grant. Such a valuable, such a valuable piece to our offense when we're able to just get Grant, you know, get him up there more often and then it's and then when you gotta and then when you add a guy like aj behind him um it becomes it becomes scary a guy like aj just an undrafted free agent who all of a sudden now is like yeah. breaking yeah exactly <laughs> guy guy who didn't play in the first game of the series but anyways um yeah so bottom walks extends the inning grants another ball hard to the left side ends up with a double so we have second and third the winning run at third base uh first base is open and AJ comes to the dish, and this was so electric, mm-hmm. so electric. Uh, AJ gets a pretty good pitch good from pitch. Blade. I watched it back. It was actually a pretty well-located drop ball. It had some sharp bite to it, but AJ, man, is just seeing the ball, and this time 
We're not going to the tally board. This one's going over the fence, Jack. Yes. And the reaction from the crowd and just the eruption, just wow. I mean, what a moment in this series. Dude, it was so incredible. So happy um, that it was, you know, happened for a guy like AJ who is just continuing to have such a good series and such a big impact on our team. I mean, as we mentioned in part of those tallying, you know, he was seeing the ball so well. Like it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't really a shock that he finally put one over because we saw him do it almost, you know, three times or whatever before that. Um, but just so awesome for him to step up in that moment. Yeah, I was thought for sure extra innings, um, you know, because AJ, yeah, he's starting to prove himself now. But in my head, it's not like okay, we're on walk off watch here. You know what I mean? And all of a sudden, he just gets in another one. And I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> like, come on, yeah. unbelievable. But yeah, it was really cool. I'm glad uh, we had the footage of the iPhone from up in the stands there behind the crowd so you could see it from that perspective too. And another cool shot too is where I had my camera to the right of AJ on the ground there. Uh, Just a really cool moment. And you could actually see me um, smiling like behind the camera when AJ walks past and he's doing like his awkward like, oh my God, I just did that. It's being so (laughs) humble as he always does. And you can see me holding the tripod and I'm smiling back there because that was just like, that was so cool. It was really cool. It, it was electric. We've had a lot of walk-offs this postseason. Um, we have. What a better... I mean, the authors of the script this year, man, they really did a good job. Walk-off walk off. Hey, home they ain't run. done yet, Jack. They ain't done yet. Walk-off home run to, to send it to game five. I mean... You could even, even in his post-game speech, AJ was just like, come on, like, come on. Like, it's, uh, what a way to, uh, to send it to game five. Yeah, it just felt like pure pandemonium. Once again, I, I mentioned how loud it was in there, despite how, like, the crowd looks relatively small in that stadium. But it truly felt like, it reminded me of, like, when you're watching March Madness on TV and it's just chaos and everyone's going nuts. Just seeing all you guys celebrating and hearing the crowd noise. I'm behind the camera just like, what is going on right now? This is crazy. I just couldn't believe, like, I'm thinking so many thoughts in my head. I'm thinking, walk off, game five. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, they came back from 2-0. Like, so many thoughts are going through my head so fast and everyone in the crowd just freaking out about what just happened. It was so cool. Yeah, just pure electricity. Um, pure electricity. Pure electricity, man. But I enjoyed it. And like I said, A.J. Ackerman, an undrafted free agent who you picked up, a, a cousin of Brendan Baranowski's who uh, was on the draft board, nobody picked up, and you thought could be an asset for, I don't know, for depth. Like, what realistically, why'd you really get him? Yeah, I mean, you know, we added Grant. Um, we added Grant, and we knew what he brought to the plate, pun intended. Um, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, look, go look at the stats last year. We, we needed more help than just Grant um, at the plate and uh, knew AJ had a baseball background and was a good athlete and, you know, was hoping that he was going to be able to to give us some some pop at the plate. Didn't think it was going to be like this. Didn't think he was going to, you know, have his coming out party in the World Series for sure. Um, but man, definitely. uh Definitely happy we picked him up. <laughs> That's for yeah, sure. Just, just crazy. I mean, yeah, he's a guy. I mentioned this about how Preston I knew would be a really reliable player, but AJ, a guy who I heard you picked him up, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've seen him at tournaments. He can play a little bit. It wouldn't be a bad pickup for the Magic if they ever needed somebody. Saying, like, yeah, like if they needed a extra guy or if someone couldn't come, like, yeah, he'd be a great, excuse me, a great sixth man for their team. And right. just unbelievable to go from sitting in the first game to then home ring in game two. Um, 
getting an RBI in the third game and then hitting a walk-off in game four. It was just like, what is going on? I mean, unbelievable. Yeah, it that's it's just a it's a unique thing about sports, you know what I mean? Sometimes it it uh it just comes down to the people that you least you know, not maybe least expect it from, but just like that surprise you. You know what I mean? You know what you're gonna get from Grant, you know what you're gonna get from Dallas. But I said it um in the the game one video, you know, when Kyle asked what it was gonna take to win. Um and I said that it was going to be the other guys like outside of Grant. I didn't know necessarily saying that, that AJ was going to, you know, put the team on his back and help us tie it up here <laughs> going into game five. Um, but I knew it was going to have to be someone. And, you know, at this point now, um, all, all of us have at least recorded a hit. Um, and that's a good thing for obvious reasons, but for a team like us that has relied a lot on the bat of Grant Miller to, you know, give us production, it's it's huge going into game five. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, moving into game five, Jack, uh, you and the Metro Magic are the first team to tie a series back to 2-2 after being down 2-0 since the Mallards were the only other team to do it in 2017. And, of course, the Mallards went on to win game five in extra innings. So the only team ever to tie it back to 2-2 did end up winning it. Now we'll see what happens with the Magic on Friday in Game 5. Um, AJ, his stat line so far in this series, to be exact, is 4 for 14, 2 bombs, 8 RBIs. Just unbelievable stuff from him. Um, the Eagles offense that we really, really prided on their depth uh, were quite quiet in these last two games. Uh, they only had one hit in each Game 3 and Game 4. The hit in Game 3 was the Dallas Allen two-run shot, and the hit in Game 4 from them was a Daniel Schultz single, I believe. So just one hit in each of those games. Besides that, nothing else going on on the offensive end outside of a few walks. Um, Landon's bat has seemed to cool down a bit. Uh, Dallas, who was a big spark for them all season long and in the postseason, uh, that home runs is only hit in this series so far. So I definitely think that uh, the pitching staff in games three and four specifically from Dallas and Blade, they both threw pretty well. A couple of home runs that uh, did them in in the end, but... Really, it's the offensive side that I thought they were the best at where they've been a little bit quiet. Yeah, again, I think just um, it seems like everyone's, you know, first time seeing RJ, it's been it's taken some time for them to get used to it. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I'm pretty much throwing out that that game one performance um, and acting like it didn't really happen from RJ. But um, yeah, I mean, we're going to go back. We're going to what's up? He only threw one inning, so I mean, you can kind of throw that out. Yeah, you can pretty much throw that out. But um, yeah, we're going to go, I guess, I don't know if this is a spoiler, but we're going to go back to RJ um, in game five. um, Dallas is going to definitely be back on the mound um, for the Eagles. So, Wallgate versus Allen, probable starters. You you heard it here first, folks. Uh, Jack, I do have RJ's stats actually comparatively here in front of me from that shaky game one outing to now games three and four. Um, so I th- he only threw in the books one inning. He did, I think he did go out there for the second against the Eagles, but didn't record any outs. So his official line was one inning pitch, three earned runs, six walks. Games three and four, he's pitched six innings, only given up two runs off of two hits, only four walks in six innings compared to six walks in one inning um, and 15 strikeouts. So totally different arm. He seems settled. He seems locked in, and I think you... You got no choice. You got to put your ace out there for game five. Yeah, no choice, really. I mean, he's earned it. Um, He wants it. So 
we're going to give it back to him. You know, honestly, like I feel, um, I feel like we have the momentum going into this game five. Um, really just because I feel like the hard part has already been done. You know, we, we were down to nothing and we're able to fought, fight all the way back to tie it up. And I feel like the pressure is really still on the Eagles. You know what I mean? And that that's what I, I, I remember telling my guys before this game five, um, just because, you know, they, they were the ones that let us come back to tie it up. So I, I feel like we, we still kind of have the momentum and the, the pressure's kind of on them. I mean, definitely, I think it is, just because you don't want to be remembered as the team who blew a 2-0 lead, you know what I mean? Look what's happened right. to the Cobras. That happened six years ago, and a lot of MLW fans still bring that up in the comment section on every single video. So I definitely think that the Eagles are in a... Um, they're, they're in the same spot as you on paper. You know, Whoever wins this game is going to hoist the trophy this year. It's all coming down to this. Winner take all game five. But I think there's that added burden of we got to win this game so that's not remembered as the 2-0 lead series blown versus you guys who are trying to pull off this cool, exciting comeback. So I'd say it definitely is a very different vibe on both ends of the ball, despite it being just one three-inning game it's going to come down to here at the end, which is so cool. Certainly, yeah. Yeah. All right, well, Jack, it is now time to bring in the man of the hour, A.J. Ackerman. So like Jack said, time travel pod. So we actually interviewed A.J. yesterday. It was Monday evening we interviewed A.J. So let's jump back to that right now. All right, we have successfully gone back in time. It is Monday, and we have the man of the hour, the man that is now enshrined in magic history, A.J. Ackerman, the Game 4 hero. A.J., thanks for joining the show. Thanks for having me. Look at him smiling ear to ear. <laughs> yeah, we finally got a smile out of the kid. We're going to retire his jersey after after he's kept us alive here, forced a game five. So happy to have you on, AJ. It's fun to be here. I like doing this. Glad to have you on. Sorry about the late notice, but we're glad to get you nonetheless. And um, let's just go back. So you get you had your first start of the World Series in game two. You did not play in game one. I know we spoke to you, I think, after the D-backs series, but remind us, remind the listeners, what was really your confidence level heading into the postseason and maybe after the Pred series, moving into this World Series? How are you feeling about yourself as a player and in your role on this Magic team? Um, Kind of always a question mark, if I'm going to be honest. Uh, having, I mean, this is the first time I've faced a majority of these guys. So every time I go into a game, I'm expecting... You know, something different. H ball moves different. Um, everyone throws different styles. They have those unique kind of shimmies and fall offs and and slide steps and weird stuff. So it's e- each person provides a kind of a unique opportunity. So there's really no getting. I, I don't. There's not really getting comfortable. You know, e- each person is so different that it's it's tough to truly get comfortable and confident, uh, especially going into the postseasons where everyone is fired up. We kind of saw you, um, you know, starting to put the pieces together later in the year, I would say, um, you know, I had a home run in the diamondback series. Uh, another sort of, I guess I would say overlooked home run in game two in this series, just because we didn't, we obviously didn't end up winning the, the chaotic game. Um, but walk us through that you know, home run that you had in game two there? Like, was there a specific pitch you were kind of looking for? Um, or was that just sort of 
more reactive. Walk us through that. Uh, yeah, that was that was definitely reactive because I was not expecting a, a fastball there. But yeah, um, yeah, uh, I I'm gonna be honest. I don't really sit on many pitches. It's it's just not really how I've ever. It's not how I play baseball. It's not really how I play wiffle ball either. It's when I when I get sitting on pitches, I start. I just start guessing and I, I don't feel confident in my swings. So I'll just, it's always kind of reactive and I just try and get as good of a read as I can on where the ball is going. And that one, yeah, that one just stayed up and stayed straight. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that was you, definitely, you hang it, you hang it, we bang it. That was the definition of a truly, pitch that was, that was left up there for AJ to get yeah. and smacked it. So you yeah. mentioned baseball and we have had several guys translate over from that game. Some more successful than others. Uh, just real quick, what's it been like for you? Is there any similarities that have benefited you, or has it honestly put you a step back because you're so used to baseball, whereas Jack has never played competitive baseball? What's that transition been like here in your rookie season? I, I honestly almost think it puts you a step back in, in, <laughs> in hitting, definitely hitting, because it's there's no there's no there's no really similarities if that makes sense. Um, you can you can kind of have a good swing, but the the ball doesn't move the same as a baseball. It's, you know, there's no riser in baseball. There's no drop ball in baseball. If, if that makes, I mean, there's no, like a drop ball literally is moving like that. I don't, I don't know how anyone hits them, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Sometimes I think it does hurt me because I I'll, I'll think a pitch is supposed to be somewhere off of what I've seen before. And then it just, it's not there and, and movements are way different. So I don't know. I don't know. I guess building off that though, AJ, um, since they are so different, what, what sort of, was there something that I guess clicked within you this season, um, that has led to like some of your success later on? Uh, seeing pitches for sure that, that definitely helped just seeing, getting a general idea of where stuff is going to break. Um, but mostly compacting my swing. I, I think there's no room to extend your swing at all. You, you really, the, if you put anything like anything resembling a barrel on the ball, it's going to fly regardless of how hard you swing. So that's kind of been the thing is just try and have a more slightly shorter compact swing that just focuses on finding the barrel instead of trying to generate any power. Cool. I do want to talk about Game 4. Obviously, that was the exciting one, and things are starting to look up for the Magic after being down 2-0. But real quick, one more backtrack. Uh, back to a comment that Jack made last week on the podcast, saying how, in his head, um, the confidence was still there, and you never wavered after Game 2, and uh, he was just proud of the team at that point. Was that true from your perspective as well, or were you feeling like, man, this sucks, like we might get swept here, nothing's going our way? What was really going through your mind being down 2-0 prior to winning these last two games? No, we were, we were all still pretty confident. I mean, there's there's the 1% of, all right, we are down 2-0. We di- do have to genuinely lock in right now. But, I mean, I think after game one, I said to Jack, we have them right where we want them after losing that one. <laughs> yeah. we, just, we don't. I don't know. I don't know. There's just something, there's something you know, about, about this team where we're, we're – Weirdly enough, with all the different, you know, backgrounds and pieces and ages and experiences and all that, we, we just kind of have a weird, not cockiness, but confidence where, you know, we're just never out of it. 
Yeah, gotcha. absolutely. Um, I I definitely gave my thoughts and opinions on just what it was like to play in a venue like that, uh, in a sporting event like that. You know, what has it been for you? You know, what's it been like for you, AJ, so far compared to some of the other sports experiences you've had in the past? Right, like you mentioned, you you played baseball. You've probably played in some pretty unique environments. How does this kind of stack up? I mean. <laughs> I mean, come on, it was Mercedes Benz. <laughs> I saw, I mean, there's videos of like the Falcons playing there and I'm like, oh, we were there. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it was so, it was weird walking in and seeing it empty. And then after the setup and seeing it kind of, the banners go up and then people funnel in and I don't know, it was a very, very, very unique experience. I'm, I'm very happy I got to do it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I yeah, I've never played with actual real fans cheering for me, so that was definitely unique. It was you've never had a sporting event where you've had fans cheering well, for you, or I, just I mean, football? Definitely, yeah. I, I mean, I mean I've Jack, got, not had, like, all of us play D1 sports, man. Come on. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like well, that was a humble brag. Right a- no, AJ, did he you not play high he- school baseball? Believe it or not, many, nobody not came. many fans. Not many fans come out to high school baseball games. Yeah, it's it's. I gotta it's, think there's at least your, a, f- a few parents in the crowd. Oh, if, well, you have parents, sure. Yeah. If you're yeah. lucky, your dad will get off work an hour early and come out and support the <laughs> support the dogs. But besides that, I mean, actually, lucky for yeah. me, my grandpa came to a lot of games, which is cool. But Jack, what do you think the average attendance was for a uh, a 2,000 student high school lacrosse yeah. game? What do you think you guys are pulling for your lacrosse games in high school? Oh, in high school, not probably not what we had here. So less than a couple hundred. Yeah, but you think it was a hundred? Maybe. I was gonna, for baseball. I'd say I would put it around like forty. I don't know. Yeah, what, yeah. Do you, what do you think, AJ? I, I don't. A hundred seems yeah. like a lot. Yeah, I don't know. But anyways, I, I would like to think that the wiffle ball crowd, Philly, that was a couple hundred people. That was probably the biggest crowd that I've played in front of besides maybe like an 18 inning high school game. I played in one time because people started to filter in as the day went on, but yeah, it was a big crowd. It felt big too. It yeah. felt because of the way we had the stadium positioned, the field positioned in the stadium. We were so close to the crowd. It felt like a lot of people, like more than it appears like on camera, I think, cause you're so much farther away on the camera's lens perspective versus playing on the field. The other thing too, is you could just hear, like you could hear everyone. That was bizarre. I could hear to distinct me. voices. I could hear my dad specifically because he's very loud. I could hear Denise a few times. Um, yeah, that that was another like really unique part. Yeah, that was totally bizarre. I've uh, never experienced that. I guess I never played in a stadium like that with an audience there of that size to where it was you know, a relatively small crowd talking about 400 in a stadium that seats 70,000. So, yeah, but I found that very odd too, where I'd be all the way by a home plate and I could just like, if I were to kind of filter my hearing a bit, I could just listen to a conversation happening in the stands. Like it was wild. It almost felt like when you're um, like on a dock, for example, when someone's driving past on a boat and they're talking loudly to talk over the engine, but you can hear them crystal clear. That's what it reminded me of. You could hear everything so, so clear. It was wild to me. But anyway, funny aside, I wonder if the fans could hear us that clearly too, that we're there. I'm curious to know that. I feel like they probably could. Probably. Who knows? But all right, jump into game four. Agner is the hero in game three, hits the big shot, um, get a nice bangerang, bat flip. Game four, 
pitchers. AJ duel. also had an RBI in that game. He though. did. AJ started the party in that first inning. He had an yeah, RBI he got us going. down the line. Yep. And then Jack capped it off and sent everybody home. But game four, uh, the pitchers duel between Blade Walker and RJ Walgate. 0 0 tie. And this is when I'm starting to sweat. I'm like, oh boy, this game's going to go to seven innings. We're going to be here all day and people are going to get antsy. Whatever. I'm sweating. So I'm thinking to myself, like, all right, Eagles, either find a way to win this game here or magic rally and walk it off in three innings. That's what I'm thinking in my head. And Blade gets two outs in the first, or in the third. And one of those two outs, AJ, was I think you hitting a ball to the wall. Is that correct? I think I think in that game I had a wall ball and then a foul ball home run. Oh, I think I remember the foul mm-hmm. ball too. I do remember I'm that. Remembering, yeah. And they were and both kind of to right, I think. Yeah, yeah, they they were more they I think the fly out was right center and then the obviously the foul ball was foul, foul. right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Foul. It was foul. It was a foul ball. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I was I don't know. Blade I was just I don't know. So that's what I was going to ask you is, given the flyout thing, and I remember kind of giving Jack a look like AJ's seeing it well right now. Was it like in your head thinking I'm gonna I'm raking right now, or more so just at bat per at bat basis? You're just putting good bat on ball. Um, the, I was I was definitely feeling good that feeling day. That? I, like even from like from BP, I was I was, which I mean it's BP. You should square up every ball, but you know it, it felt good at BP and um. Yeah, I was, I was. I don't. I don't know. It was. It was one of those things. I think in Mercedes Benz, it's you see it well too. I think that lighting is really good. Jack, agree yeah. or disagree? Um, I would agree. I think uh, we had a lot of black in the background, which is always really helpful with the white ball. Um, as soon as you get some light color that's in the background from when I say background, I mean like behind the pitcher. That the batter's um, eye would be the correct term there, Jack. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. The batter's eye. Um, as soon as you get something that's like light colored or, you know, closer to white, it gets a little bit harder to see, but pretty much everything when you, you know, you can see the thumbnail on YouTube is, is black in the background. And so Mm -hmm. that made it helpful. Um, yeah, obviously the, the, the lights were good too. Um, I just wanted to ask AJ, like after, after, you know, seeing blade, um, in game two, was your home runoff blade in game two? I don't remember. Was it off Dallas? Yeah. Blade. Yeah, it was off blade. So um I I would say as a team, we expected, but we're also excited that the Eagles uh put Blade back out there game four. Um, because we felt just, you know, Blade versus RJ, we had a good chance to win that game. Um AJ, were you especially like kind of licking your chops after, you know, <laughs> being able to to homer off him in game two? going up against him again in game four? Not, I'm going to be honest, not really, because the game, I guess a little inside, the game one and two ball, no, none of the pitchers really had a great feel for. Like we talked drops, about that, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of the drop balls weren't working for, for them, and I think I don't, I don't know exactly what wasn't working, but I, I know they were struggling a little with it. So when I saw him come out that first inning and throw a lot of strikes and 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 look confident, I was like, I was kind of a little, uh, I don't know. Oh, maybe he's got it now. Maybe he's back to you know, kind of where where he's confident and 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 that. But yeah, as the game went on, I, I felt like I was starting to time him better, and then obviously grew in confidence. Cool. I feel like um, 
another a note on confidence um i would say that you you probably made a lot of new aj ackerman fans um through these first four games just by your performances and i could feel especially the crowd getting a little bit uh you know sitting on the edge of their seats a little bit more when when you were up to bat did you uh feel like you were impacted at all by the energy of the crowd i guess like positive or negative yeah uh <laughs> i kind of didn't like that if i'm being honest <laughs> uh lo- they were so energetic all game and it was so awesome like the entire day they were awesome because you know we would we would kind of it was a long day long weekend so you know there were, there were moments where it was we were a little bit tired and and stuff like that and they 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 were energetic for that so that was nice but yeah when i was uh <laughs> when i was hitting and they were cheering i didn't really like that if i'm gonna be honest i don't, I don't know why it's interesting. I mean, it doesn't surprise me, AJ, because you are like a stone wall out there. Like, I consider myself a reserved um, guy who is unfazed out there by what's happening in the game, in the crowd, spectators, whatever. But I feel like you take me to the power of 10. Like, it is unbelievable just how um, cool as a cucumber you are out there. And speaking of that, um, talking about your reaction to the walk-off, uh, I don't think we can pick up a lot about how you were feeling uh, based on your body language. So walk us through the moment you hit the walk off. The crowd goes crazy. Everyone realizes, oh my God, uh, it's 2-2 tie series. We're going to a winner take all game five. Uh, you kind of stood there and took it in for a bit. You hit it. I think you knew it was gone. And then the video is not out yet for us to watch. I haven't even seen the clip yet from that main camera angle. I've seen it from other angles. But uh, from what you remember, AJ... Uh, walk us through it. Walk us through that moment and just how it happened in your head. Um, I hit it. I knew, I knew I squared it, but I was, I I thought it was going to dip down and they might be able to catch it because I never know how they move. But uh, so yeah, I was actually kind of just standing there waiting for it to be caught. Um, but then it wasn't. So I don't know. I don't know. I was just just blank. It was, yeah, it was it was kind of a blank like all right, game five time, you know. I, That's uh, sick. I mean, that was yeah. electric, dog. <laughs> I can't lie, it was pretty electric. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, I don't I don't remember much uh emotionally from it, if I'm gonna be honest. Alright, that's fair. Yeah, dude, that was that was unreal. Like I said, I I was very confident in our team uh after the game three win because I felt like the Eagles if they would have went to Dallas in that game four, that that to me would have signaled that Dan was really real and already, um, mm-hmm. you know, that he that he has sort of like he's throwing out his game plan, so to speak, because I think that Dan wanted to and obviously did stick to, you know, his guns in terms of mixing up his pitchers and his bullpen and Dallas to that point in the series had already probably pitched more than Dan wanted him to. Um, so after that game three win, I was really confident in the team going into game four. I was really surprised that it went all the way till the third inning for us to get, you know, just one run on the board. Like I, I, I you know, credit to Blade and the Eagles defense. But um, yeah, dude, that, that was just so electric. So hype. Um, obviously, the job's not finished yet. But not over. Um, brand new series. It's, it's not over, but that exactly. It's a brand new series. And I felt like just uh just as close as the Eagles won games one and two, the Magic won games uh 
three and four. Um, you know, both both teams had home runs in in game three, and then uh, game four was kind of down to the wire, and it took a walk off. So, um, like I, I think it's just really a, a credit to both of our teams just being extremely even. <laughs> yeah, I think it was cool. I also think it was more settled in in my from my perspective because. The first three games, and you guys are jittery. We do all the ceremonies. You guys see everything happening. It's exciting. Play those mm-hmm. back to back to back. Then we get, we take a break. You guys take a breather for a second. Get some food in you. Come back out sort of knowing what to expect, knowing what's at stake, and having played out there already. So it did feel more routine from my end, at least, watching you guys play. And it seemed like Blade had settled down. RJ looked way more comfortable out there. So yeah. um, maybe the ball was better. Who knows? That played a factor if it was all mental. But both arms looked way better. But even the even though you weren't scoring, honestly, the at-bats looked better too. I thought the people were putting better swings on the ball, stuff like that. AJ made good contact. Grant was seeing the ball well. So everything just felt more at home versus those first three games prior to lunch, in my opinion. Yeah. You can't skip kind of, lunch, right, Jack? You can't you can't skip lunch. No. I mean, if we would have skipped lunch, it would have it would have we we definitely would have been swept. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um. But I I will say you know in terms of just like the confidence. Um. I feel like you know the RJ we saw in game one versus the RJ we saw in games three and four. They he looks like a completely different pitcher. I mean you can see it in the video. Um. Mm-hmm. And when he's out that, there, Jack, so I'll, I'll take your word for it. Well, yeah, you take my word for it. <laughs> I'll you'll take see. Your word for it. <laughs> um, you'll see. But just like the you you can and we can see it, right? Like me and AJ can feel it on the bench when we're like, "Oh, he's bat. Like he's locked yeah. in again." You know, it's like a completely different RJ, and that gives us the confidence, you know, at the plate where now it's like it's kind of like, you know, the old um the old adage of like a great, you know, great offense is a good defense or whatever, or, or flip it around. However you want to say it, it's like one piece of the game complementing the other. Um, I just think when, you know, RJ's out there rolling, like he has been throughout the majority of the season, it just gives us a lot more confidence at the plate. Yeah. It, it makes for pressure free at bats. I mean, you, you just kind of always feel, you know, you can go down one, two, three and it, and it, it feels like, all right, that sucks, but you know we'll we'll be all right. RJ's RJ's dialed in, so yeah, makes it easier. And question exactly. for the both of you too is: um, Does the vibe change at all for you guys heading into Game Five in terms of maybe the nerves and what's at stake? Because from what I can recall, six years ago now, I remember being pretty uh, cool, calm, and collected as AJ always is uh, when we won game three and won game four in the world series against the Cobras. But I remember before game five, like me and Noah and Steve huddling up and being like, it really hit me like, okay, if we win this game, we, we did it. Like we came back, like we thought we would an hour ago. Um, what's, what's the pregame huddle like Jack? Did you you talk to the fellas before game five? You know, I don't really remember what, uh, you know, if we huddled up or what specific was said, I think it was really just, you know, the whole energy on the team was like everything that we accomplished throughout the whole year has come down to now this one game. You know what I mean? We, we, we have an opportunity here for one more game. Um, and we know that we can beat this team. I mean, Jack, is it pretty safe to say that we're going to see AJ back in the lineup here in game five? 
I mean, I'd really have to. Uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd really have to botch something. I think your seat would get just scorching <laughs> hot immediately. I do want. <laughs> I do want. <laughs> I do want to put a little. Uh, <laughs> put a little. Uh, I don't even know what it is. It's just something funny that Jordan said. Oh, okay. Uh, because you know, obviously, Jordan's been in our lineup, in and out of our lineup all year. But him and AJ have kind of been back and forth in that in that number two spot. I mentioned on last podcast how bad I felt for Curdy after rewatching the video because mm-hmm. in game one, Dallas just decided to break out his nastiest pitches all yep. against Jordan. Um, I've been there too, so I know how you feel, Jordan. Uh, but I, I, at one point after uh, <laughs> after AJ hits the walk off, Jordan like came up to me and I think he, it was something along the lines of like, uh, you know, I can't be mad. Um, I can't be mad, you know, for getting pulled for next year's silver slugger or something like that. <laughs> like, or he, or it was like, I didn't know we had next year's silver slugger on our team or something like something along those lines. Um, and so he's obviously, you know, he was a great sport about it and was super supportive for our team throughout the whole series, even though, you know, it was kind of, it was kind of obvious there that AJ, AJ really earned that in the series, you yeah, know, going t- into game it's five. It's so. tough, t- tough to pull AJ uh, after mm-hmm. he's homered now two of the last three games in the series, putting the ball in play. Uh, AJ, any final remarks you want to give to Magic Nation and your newfound fan base heading into Friday's Game 5 upload? Anything uh, from your side of the camp? Watch it. Be ready to see RJ. Um, let's win it. I don't know. Is, is Jack, am I missing something there? Or is that a good... No, that's... That, I mean, I think that's all they need to know. Covers all the bases, really. Yeah, we yeah. need some... Uh, we just need a little bit more magic, baby. We've yeah. got enough. Oh, also, also, shout out to the person with the wand that we were yes. using. Yes, <laughs> yes. Some, some might yeah, say that. I think that's Grant been had the it in the celebration. Point. Yeah. Some might say that's been the turning point for our team in this series. That wand. Yeah. In the words and of I think Jimmy Nor, pictures too. Yes. Right? Yes. You okay. guys did have it Good. at the lunch break for pictures. In the words of Jimmy Norp, uh, he likes to say, "That might just be the difference today, folks. <laughs> that magic wand. It might just be the difference yeah. today." Yeah. It might be. Sometimes we'll it takes something funny to spark something. You never know. But there's definitely no lack of energy in your guys' clubhouse. I'll say that. Oh, yeah. After Friday, we'll know for sure whether it's the wand. After Friday, we'll know for sure. Um, well, AJ, appreciate your time tonight. Appreciate you hopping on the podcast. Now you are a second time. You're a repeat guest now. So your family. Recurring guest. Recurring guest. Fist pump from AJ. And uh, enjoy your Thanksgiving. Eat a lot of food, watch some football, watch the Lions beat the Packers, and uh, maybe we'll touch base with you. We'll circle back around maybe after the Thanksgiving holiday to talk to you about the series recap. All right. Thanks, AJ. Thank you. All right, Jack, you ready to go back forward in time? I'm ready, Tom. All right, and we're back. Tuesday again, Tuesday evening, back with Jack, present day. Um, Comment of the week time? Comment of the week. All right, a lot of good candidates. Jack and I were scrolling through <laughs> together this week. It was a tough choice, so if you want a couple good laughs, uh, feel free to head down to the comment sections of Game 3 and Game 4. Not only laughs, but also just like cool, insightful takes on the series, too. But this one comes from Connor. It's a gem, and it says, If Papa Schultz ever stops keeping score, we just fold this league, right? Great comment, Connor. Uh, Jack, who, who would we even try to delegate this task to 
I almost feel like it's just like no more scorekeeper if Mr. Schultz ever steps down. It'd be so hard to pass on. No, I mean, if, if he's done, um, we're going to fold the league just like he folds up his chair um, after every series, <laughs> and we're going to pack it in, and <laughs> we're, we're going to pack it in, and we're going to go home um, because there's not, really, there's not really much else to do. You know, if that's how this wild ride comes to an end, I, I could live with that. Think, you know? <laughs> that would I could be live with that. the most poetic ending to this YouTube channel. Uh, I think so. I think so. there possibly could be, yeah. If we ever stop uploading, guys, just, uh, just assume know. that Mr. Schultz was unable to keep score uh, yeah. moving forward. So that way we had to just do the right thing and and pause the league. <laughs> I like it. I like that plan moving forward. We're going to call that official <laughs> in, in paper. But other than that great episode thus far, a couple of reminders. First of all, I hope everyone enjoys their Thanksgiving uh, this week, whether you're listening on Wednesday and Thanksgiving's tomorrow or you're listening and Thanksgiving has already come and gone. I uh, hope you enjoy it with some family, with some friends. Uh, spend some time away from your phone and socialize, enjoy the moment, watch some football, uh, eat a lot of good food if you're fortunate enough to. Any Thanksgiving tips, Jack? Um, no, I would just say, uh, you know, don't be afraid to help your your mom or your dad or whoever's cooking. Um, if you're the one hosting, like don't don't be afraid to offer some help. Help them out in the kitchen. Um, clean up after yourself. You know, it's never easy being the host for events like this. Um, whether you're cooking for five or you're cooking for 40, it's still a lot of pressure. Um, so just, you know, think about what you guys are, you know, thankful for and let those people know. And obviously don't forget to stuff your face. Yeah. I'd, I'd argue, Jack, that whoever's responsible for cooking the turkey in the family is under just as much pressure as, say, R.J. Walgate or Dallas Allen taking the mound in game five. I mean, it's a big day. Exactly. 365 days in the making. You got one shot at that bird. You don't want to screw it up. I will say, to a pro tip, um, to save yourself from embarrassing yourself and not executing in the clutch moment on the on the kitchen side of things and the preparation side of things, uh, just clean up. It's pretty hard to mess up a cleanup. You know what I mean? Any, yeah. any helping hand is going to be beneficial, whereas if you screw something up beforehand, that's on you and everyone else has to endure that in their meal so if you're at all timid on that front go for the cleanup help when you help clean up you're a hero in the family absolutely yeah um no one will ever be mad at someone for offering to help clean up the kitchen especially when you got you know 45 dishes to do i'm right there with you jack i'm right there with you after you wrap up your thanksgiving meal you gotta head over to mlwmerch.com to catch yourself a little bit of this black friday sale you know what i mean jack oh yeah oh let me show you guys a few of my favorite products Give a couple shout outs here. Let me set my laptop down. Of course, for the first time this year, the hats. These will be on sale. Won't be a huge sale, but they'll be on sale. Um, of course, I love the Mallard's hat, like the Cobra's hat. High quality, probably our highest quality product, I must say. So grab yourself a hat in the store. And then uh, my favorite shirt, personally, you guys see me wear it a lot. This guy right here, the MLW. This guy right here, the MLW original T, and I like it in navy. I recommend going navy. It's classic. You know, I'm not a real flashy guy. I like simple things, and this T right here will never do you wrong if you're an MLW fan. If you want to get really crazy and be the awesome older brother, awesome cousin, whoever it is, as a gift, you go with the old Moxie jersey. All right, <laughs> these things are phenomenal. You're gonna look so cool wearing this thing around town, whether it's Mallards, whether it's Magic. Whether it's whoever, um, Moxie's are a great choice as well. I can't 
for you the, know, I'm not the for the record though these. if you're listening to this it has to be either the magic or the mallards Yes, of course. I would never I would never endorse any other team for a Moxie jersey hat, maybe, but jerseys, mallards, <laughs> or magic only. Um, I don't want to make any promises I shouldn't. I, I'm assuming Triton can get these out in time for the holidays, but if you want a Moxie jersey, I would recommend ordering ASAP. ASAP, ASAP, ASAP. So, without further ado, Jack, sign us off. Yeah, it's been a great pod. Looking forward to um, an exciting Game 5. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I just met AJ's parents at a rock concert, and we'll see you next week.